We are ready to rock and roll the uh, Wednesday night edition of the Employment Hour. If you miss Monday night, uh, well, welcome. You got this night to make up for it. We'll do our weekend shows as well, of course, and Employment Hour in 30 happens on Global TV and CTV on weekend mornings. Phone lines, look at that, already taken off hold, ready for your calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. If there's something you've always wanted to know or ask or maybe listening to the show in the past has kind of piqued your interest and uh, put a question in your head possibly about your own job, your own employment, or if you're a business owner, maybe you've got a list of questions or at least a couple that you want to uh, throw across the bow here. It's, it's the time to do it again. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell and one 225 talk That number, as always, is toll-free. We'll also get to some emails and uh, we're uh, going to continue our discussion from last week about accommodation based on family status. That is all ahead in between the phone calls as well. First, though, pal, we get to the, uh, the week that was. What is going on with you? Hey, John, uh, j- just before we went on air, uh, Alex Pearson was talking about uh, Justin Trudeau and that he may need to call the show to get some advice as to yeah. whether or not he could be fired for uh, wearing blackface. So, spoiler uh, spoiler alert, the answer is yes, he can. So, wow. uh, let's yeah. see what happens. Uh, but we're here in all seriousness to talk about employment law and, and workplace rights and, and to answer real questions from real people about their job, their workplace, their boss, and hopefully solve some of those concerns, some of those mm-hmm. problems. You know, hopefully most of the time things are good at work but you may have these weeks days uh hours that something happened things didn't go your well well don't worry if that happens there are solutions the law is quite good quite extensive we can answer your questions solve those problems so take advantage we're here uh for the next 40 minutes or so to do just that call us right here or call me or email me off air we'll give you that information as well throughout the show so you can reach out to me privately but week there was. Let me tell you about some uh, things that happened over the past week, some uh, situations that I saw. Uh, I spoke with a lady who had uh, felt that she was being harassed in the workplace. Uh, she she was felt she was being mistreated, disrespected, and she did exactly the right thing. She went and she spoke with uh, HR uh, and, and told them what happened. Now, when I spoke to her after the fact, I thought, you know, she would have had a very difficult time uh, proving this harassment. Number one, it was it would have been a he said, she said type of situation. And also, the type of allegations didn't seem to necessarily rise to the level of harassment. But here's what happened here. So she filed a complaint with HR, and HR apparently looked into it, and they decided, kind of based on what I said, that no, there isn't harassment. And, well, this is where it should have ended. This is where the story should have ended, except what happens not two days later? She gets let go. She's let he gets let go for quote stirring the pot okay wow and uh and, and very upset in tears calls me and she says what happened i'm being harassed i'm asking for help and protection and i get fired can that be no john it cannot be that is illegal and here's the thing to understand regardless of whether or not you're actually can prove harassment regardless or, or not whether hr decides that there was harassment or not, you cannot be punished in any way for complaining about harassment, for asking for help with respect to harassment. That is illegal. You should always know that if you're going to talk to someone about harassment, you cannot be punished. You have this dome of protection around you, regardless of what the ultimate outcome is regardless of whether or not you're uh, you're able to prove that you're being harassed. No, you cannot be punished. So this company, not only are they going to have to pay her severance, that goes without saying, this is a reprisal. They're, they're yep. punishing her for standing up for her rights. 
illegal. They're going to have to pay additional damages. So I wanted to remind everyone, employees and, and employers out there, if an employee goes out there and files a complaint about harassment, tells their boss about harassment, says something to the company to, to, to ask for protection, that company, regardless of what the outcome is, cannot punish this employee. If the company does, there's going to be severe legal consequences. If you're in that situation, go to HR, speak to them, tell them what's happening. If there's any issues or problem, reach out to me. We'll get to your second one here in a moment. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell and one 225 talk Our callers, our good listenership is always top priority. Lynn, thanks for hanging on for a minute or two there. Uh, how are you tonight? Good. How are you doing? Excellent. What's, uh, what's your concern? Um, last year, I worked for a um, garden center, and they have uh, sold the land there. So the nursery is closing at the end of this, end of October. Hmm. And we got a handwritten letter last October uh, with our termination date on it. And my termination date was November 30th. And I got called into the office today, and they gave me another letter saying that now my termination date is September 27th. But on the original paper, it said my termination is November 30th. And if we're finished before then, they have to pay us until that date. Like we're still working, right? So, are, are they planning on doing that? Are they still planning on paying you till November? No, no. Till how long September. Have, how long have you worked there for? Thirty-two years. Oh my gosh! Okay. So here's yeah. problem number one is, which is really the big problem, is that you're owed more payment than just until uh, November. You've gotten, mm-hmm. if my math is right, about 11 or so months notice uh, so far because you got notice last October and you're ending yes. this September. So yes. so 11 months notice. So you're yes. probably owed about 24 months notice or severance. So if you got 11 months, they actually have to pay you the remaining 13 months to get you up to 24 months. Do you, okay. do you understand what I mean? Because after being there for 30 plus years, yeah, you'd be at right around two years of notice or severance. So yes. the problem is not even about getting paid till November, uh, Lynn. The problem is getting paid for the next year plus. Okay, that's what you're actually owed. So that, okay. the good news is this is not going to be difficult to to uh, re- resolve. What I want you to do now that we know that you're owed more over a year's pay, I want you yes. to reach out to me off air. John here is going to give you my contact information, but I also want you to tell your colleagues because I'm sure they're getting, uh, I was going to use a harsh word, but they're getting the, a, a bad deal, let's put it that way, yes, just like you are. So make yes. sure that they know what their rights are and have them reach out to me as well, but you and I really need to speak. You're owed another year's pay, Lynn. Okay. All right. Okay. I gave the information to the uh, gentleman Perfect. that answered the phone, so yes, I will be in contact with you. Thank you very much. Thanks. Brilliant, Lynn. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. And that number, yeah, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour dot com. Not only for Lynn's benefit, but anybody who calls the show and is just wondering as they sit here and listen to the show progress. Get to uh, to Sandra. Hey, Sandra. Thanks for hanging on. Good evening. How are you? I am good. I have Great. a question it's regarding my work. Yeah. So we had a, a mandatory seminar where all workers should attend. And then I wasn't paid for my haul for the day then where it was when I attended the seminar. Then I inquired about it, and I heard it was only a paid for six hours as long as the seminar lasted. But my working hours was usually 10 hours for the day. So am I not supposed to be paid the 10 hours? Are you paid a salary or hourly? Hourly. 
So, uh, so for, usually, you, if you were actually at work, you would have gotten paid for ten hours. Yes, because uh, I worked this... for twelve-hour shifts, so I would have paid for ten hours. Right, because you have you have breaks. Uh, yeah. But this particular day, you were only there for six hours. At the seminar, yes. Because seminar, and, and then you didn't go back to work. You went, you went home. No, it was mandatory that all attend the seminar. Everyone. No, but after the six-hour seminar, you didn't go back to work for a few more hours. You went home, right? Yes. Okay, so because of that, un unfortunately, as unfair as it is, they only have to pay you for the time, quote-unquote, worked, in this case, for the time you were at the seminar. Now, oh, okay. if they were doing this often, if this became kind of a regular thing, you can say, well, now they're changing the terms of employment. That's a constructive dismissal, potentially. But because it was a one-time thing, it's not. there's not going to be much, unfortunately, uh, that you can do about this, uh, Sandra. So as long as they actually paid you for the time that you had to be at that seminar, that's all they have to do. Okay. All right. It's worth checking, though. I mean, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, you never know. It could be a, a few shekels here and there, but sometimes companies do that. And so what you're saying is they continuing to do this over time. All of a sudden, it's like, hey, this wasn't the original deal when I signed on to this gig. You guys can't do this. Yeah. So if she, if she let's say, works 10 hours, uh, you know, five days a week, 10 hours right. a day, five days a week, and now she's only going to work on one of these days six hours uh, or get paid for six hours, well, wait a second. Now it's actually a significant change to the terms of employment. Right. They can't do that. But it's a one-time thing. They paid for six hours. I understand why she's not happy. I wouldn't be either. Yep. But there's not much that you could do about it as long as they pay her for the time she actually was at that seminar. Going to move on to uh, to Carlo. Carlo, thanks for hanging on there. How are you tonight? Not too bad. How are you? Good, brother. What's uh, what's on your mind? Uh, I actually got a question about uh, my wife. Uh, she, re she recently started a supervisor position at work. Um, and at first it was contract, then they told her, said, no, you know what, it's a, it's a permanent position, uh, congratulations, everything was good. Recently, they went through their files and they realized that they didn't have some kind of paperwork on her. Her actual file was completely missing for some reason. Uh, now they're saying that the position was actually contract, and they made her sign a form uh, stating that she knew it was contract, even though she's been in the position for six, seven months now. Uh, are they allowed to do that? So by, by contract, you mean not an employee, an independent contractor? No, no, as an employee. So so what do you mean by on contract? For a fixed term? Oh, sorry, not a contract. So what they made her sign just some a document stating that, um, that, she, that she was aware that the position was uh, a contract position, not a permanent position. Um, but they did tell her that whatever, three, four months ago, that it was a permanent position. So so here's the thing, Carlos. She, she, she's either an employee or she isn't. If she's an employee, calling it contract, calling it permanent, doesn't really matter. Right? It doesn't change, uh, you know, what the status is. She's a regular employee. If she ever is let go, uh, regardless of what they call her contract or permanent, she's going to be owed the same amount of severance. So it's one thing if they were saying, well, no, no, you're not really an employee. You're an independent contractor. Then wait a second. That that's that's probably wrong. They're misclassifying her. But if it's just a name, it, from a legal standpoint, it doesn't matter. And and a lot of employers think that somehow they have less liability to our, towards an employee if they call them on contract. If they say those words, hey, we said the word contract. But no, that doesn't actually change anything. She she's either an employee or she or she isn't. If she's oh. an employee, she has all the rights of an employee. Okay, so if they told her that the position she has is a permanent and it's actually a higher-paying one, and then they say no, it's not, 
uh, you're only supposed to do this for six months. We're putting you back to where you were before in the company, and it's less pay. Are they allowed to do that? I see. So if they were to say to her, "Okay, no, no, we're going to take you back to the other position," no, that would be a, a con- that would be a constructive dismissal. They can't just unilaterally decide to change the terms of employment. So if she she's promoted, that's her new role, and they can't take her back to the old role. So if if they do that, if they follow through on on taking her back to that old role, uh, in other words, demoting her, she would have the choice to make either to accept that demotion and continue working or to potentially treat that as a constructive dismissal, which means she could leave and get her severance. Okay. All right, excellent. Uh, Thanks very much for that. I appreciate it. Thanks, Carlo. Carlo, appreciate the call, and uh, nicely done on uh, their behalf. Uh, It's a a smart call. 1-855-821-5900 is the number to uh, to call Lior after the show, helpandemploymenthour.com. But we'll take our first break here this evening and line up the rest of your calls as well. Uh, we got open lines. Come on in, 416-870-6400, star 640 on Sal, Employment Hour, Wednesday night edition, right here on Global News Radio. 721 here, plenty of time for you to call in, ask your questions. We'd love to talk to you as well. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell or one triple eight two two five talk That is toll free. If you haven't been there, severancepaycalculator.com. It'll tell you exactly what you are owed. Simple, takes about 30 seconds to use it. Over, what, three-quarters of a million people have uh, gone through this 30-second exercise and had their eyes opened indeed. There's also a, a contact button at the bottom to get a hold of Lior and his crew as well. So, again, severance paycalculator.com as we get some more calls lined up here continuing our discussion from last week and that was about accommodation based on family status uh reminder for everyone off the top um what is the duty to accommodate what is that a duty to accommodate is actually one of the most fundamental obligations that an employer has to an employee it's a very fundamental obligation outlined in our human rights code here in ontario uh, and, and every province has a similar statute. So duty to accommodate essentially means that an employer has to provide help, assistance to an employee in certain situations to allow the employee to do the job. Now, the, co- the most common situation is a situation where an employee has a disability or a medical condition, and the employer has to provide accommodation to allow the person to continue working despite the medical condition. So that may mean modified duties, modified hours, uh, flexibility about working from home, because the employee needs that help. But the duty to accommodate doesn't just apply in situations of disability. The duty to accommodate can apply in many situations. Religious reasons just, is just one example. For example, if, if I have a, a, a religion that requires me to attend uh, to my church or my synagogue, let's say, on Fridays, uh, and I have to leave work, uh, leave work early to do that, well, the employer may have to accommodate me by allowing me to leave early because religion is a protected ground that we have uh. under our human rights legislation. So in some situations, the employer has to pro- have flexibility to accommodate, to provide assistance to, to an employee. Now, it's not in every situation, but one of them that we want to touch on right now is based on family status. Based Because you're in a certain family relationship, you may need special accommodation from your employer, and that's important to know. Okay, so give me some more details of what exactly is, because as you mentioned, we, we, we're all familiar with accommodation for someone who's got a physical uh, incapability or they've been hurt on work and they're coming, they're coming back to work. They need some accommodation. What exactly is accommodation based on family status? So family status uh, accommodation means that because you're in a certain family relationship, you may, need, you may have obligations to that family member that may interfere with work 
and your employer has to provide accommodation in those situations to allow you to meet those obligations. The most common situation is you're in a, a parent-child relationship. Right. Let's say you're, you're a parent and you have a child that has certain uh, uh, requirements or maybe there's certain child care obligations that you have and if the only way you can meet those obligations is through accommodation by your employer the employer has to provide that an example would be if if you need to be able to leave work at four o'clock to go to pick up your child at daycare and that's because that's really the only thing you can do there's no one else that could do it other than you well your employer can't just say too bad that's your problem the duty to accommodate requires them requires them to allow you to, to do that, to make that happen. Sometimes they may mean to change your shift. If you're, you know, for example, a single parent may have these obligations. So anytime when you're a specific family relationship, parent and child, uh, etc., your employer has to accommodate. If it's a legitimate request, if, if it's a legitimate need, it becomes the employer's business. They can't say no. They can't say, no, no, that's your problem. It's, it is the employer's problem. They have the legal obligation. And this is even an obligation if it's employment in midstream. You've been working here for 15 years, and all of a sudden you have family status obligations. They have to comply with it, right? Absolutely. And oh. you know what? We talked about parent and child, but a lot of us uh, have elderly parents. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's not just our children. So, you know, we may, you know, maybe our parents were fine up until now, but now we have a parent that requires certain treatment. They have to be taken to medical appointments or care needs to be provided. So being in that type of a relationship, if we have obligations, the employer may have to provide that accommodation. So you're absolutely right. It doesn't matter if, it, if it's a new thing. In some situations, that obligation may have always existed. In other situations, it's a new obligation, regardless if it's legitimate, if it's something that needs to be done based on that family relationship. The company has to accommodate. And if they don't, that's the key. That's a human rights violation. That's illegal. I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Give me a couple other examples, another example of an employee having to accommodate in that regard. So, yeah, I talked about, you know, the child care. I talked about the uh, uh, the, the medical uh, yeah. situation for, for a parent. Uh, I've also seen situations, I had a case uh, fairly recently, where my client had a, a child who was uh, a, a, had a medical condition that she had right. to be home at a certain time to give medication. Uh, he was diabetic, so so certain treatment has to be given at a certain time, and that employer said, "No, too bad. We're not gonna we're not gonna give you that flexibility to leave early or to to leave on short notice." Well, that was illegal. So and and we resolved it. They backed off once I got involved. So anytime there's a family relationship that requires help, that requires assistance, uh, and that that the person asking for the assistance is really the only one that can provide that assistance. Uh, the assistance, the company has to allow them to do it and has to make it happen. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Moving over to uh, to Eric. Hey, Eric, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Hey, no problem. How are you guys doing? Good, buddy. What's uh, what's going on with you? Uh, just a simple question. Uh, oh. I've been working at a company in uh, Tobago for about, uh, I'd say, almost seven years. And now all of a sudden they got this uh, feather in their cap that they want to start a union and stuff like that. Mm. I'm not, I'm not all for it, to tell you the truth. And um, push comes to shove. If I have to uh, leave, do I not have the right to a total uh, severance of some kind? So, so that's a very good question. Because you don't want to be part of a union now. If your position becomes unionized, 
but not before yeah. that. If and when it becomes unionized, yes, that would obviously be a big change to the terms of employment. So yeah, that would give you the ability to treat that as a constructive dismissal. Now, it's not a situation necessarily that that your employer is at fault. It's uh, you know presumably your employer may not want the union, but regardless of that. If your position ends up being unionized, that's a big change. You would have that option, but you can't do that preemptively. You can't say, well, I know that there's a union coming, so I'm going to leave now with severance. No. Once it's official, once you know your position that wasn't unionized now is unionized, at that point, you have the choice to continue working hmm. in the as part of a union or to treat that as a termination, leave with your full severance. It is. I will be getting treated fairly. Like once a union has been established, it's going to start at X amount of time and date. I am entitled then to full severance. Correct? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, but I mean, I don't want to be a part of a union. If you choose to leave, to to essentially leave your job because it became unionized, yes, you would be able to. Now, as always, as I always say in these situations, before you say that's it, I'm out of here. I want you to call me off air. But the answer is absolutely as I've just said. Yes, if it becomes unionized and you decide you don't want to work in that role, then yeah, you would have the option to treat that as a termination and leave with your severance. Great, great. Because like you, I've always, I've always remember what you said. Don't sign it until you have someone check it. So if I have to, I'll you have you it. check it. Cause I ain't signing nothing until you approve it. <laughs> please, please do that. That's a very smart thing to do. Well, yes, I agree. Nicely done, Eric. And uh, yeah, to follow up, you probably know the number if you know the show that well. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and help at employmenthour dot com. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale to call through. Ask your questions just like that, and uh, take full advantage. Bill, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. Hey, no problem. How are you guys tonight? Good, Billy. What's going on with you? Yeah. Um, I phoned you guys about a month ago. My daughter was giving notice where she was working, and they were, like, just jerking around. They wouldn't hear. And she was going to college, which they knew. Right. So, and uh, they were treating her, I'm trying to think of the right way to say it, not very good. So my wife got involved, who was very articulate. We wrote a letter to the uh, corporate headquarters. I won't name the franchise. And they were, they couldn't believe what has, what has happened. They sent a full apology with one month's wage for my daughter. They can I can like, I hire your wife? <laughs> <laughs> I'll hire her. She she oh, has no. a guaranteed job right now. <laughs> well, she, actually, she uh, she's very good at what she does. She works for Community Living Dufferin, and she's an advocate for people with mental and physical disabilities. Way to go! No, yeah, I'm so, so happy. I'm, so is your daughter oh, yeah, doing okay now? Oh, everything's. They offered her job back, and it's just they bent over backwards because nice. it was just uh, unexpected. Like, the behavior was totally unacceptable, mm-hmm. and it was just you know. So, but my my daughter's not going to go back. So just because it's you know. But I just wanted to tell you guys because originally I phoned and I inquired about everything, and then you know. So I, I remember. I'm glad. I'm glad it worked out, Bill. I, I really am. Sometimes you just got to stand up for your rights, stand up for yourself, and and I'm glad that that you did and your daughter did, uh, and I'm glad it resolved well. Bill, thanks for the call, pal, uh, or at least the call back, and appreciate the update. If it ever comes down the pike again, you know, uh, you know where to call one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. And for uh, in the here and now, the remainder of this show as we go till around ten to eight, uh, feel free to call in four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. Would love to uh, talk to you, Dave. Thanks for hanging on. How are you? Great. How are you doing? Good, fellow. What's going on? 
Oh, hey, um, I, I'm pretty sure I heard you guys say before, if a new company comes in and buys the company, is your severance out the door? So if a new company comes and buys it, it's a question of whether or not you lose your job. So if you lose your job in that process, in other words, there's no job for you with a new company, then yes, you absolutely have to be paid your full severance. But if right. you don't lose your job, if your you job. continue if you working, with, working the buyer, with the buyer, then the buyer yeah, inherits your service, and then you, you don't get severance at that point, but uh, you will get severance if they let you go down the road. Right, so if you start, a new, if you start with a, the new employer, and you're there for a few weeks or a month or whatever, you're, you're, you've lost your 20 years uh, severance seniority. No, no, you're not understanding. They inherit your service. So on, on day one, if you had 20 years at the previous company, on day one with the new company, you already have 20 years service. So th that new company has to pay your severance for 20 years if you happen to leave later on down the road. No, no, if they let you go, not if you leave, right? Severance is not paid if you leave, but if they let you go, then yes, they would have to pay you severance that accounts for all your time with the company. But no matter, okay, I, I thought the last time you said of the uh, new owners, you get nothing. But no, no, absolutely no. not, not at all. No, they inherit your service, so if a new owner comes in, they take you on, unless you sign an employment agreement that limits your entitlements in that situation, they inherit your service, and down the road, if they let you go at any point, they have to pay you your full severance. They can't get around that. Right. Okay. Because the old employer, I think they're just trying to get out of paying severance, so they sold the company. That was one of their reasons. So now they don't got to pay everybody. Now they're got to pay that money, and now it carries over to the new employer. Yeah. Yeah. Right. As long as you're still employed, from your perspective, you still have a job. And if it ever it comes down to you not having a job anymore, they let you go. You know they have to pay you for full severance. If they try to avoid that, you know what to do as well. You got to call me. Yeah, all right. Great. Perfect. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate the call. one 821 5900 is Lior's number. Write it down. Keep it. Help at employmenthour.com. For the remainder of our time here, though, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. And we'll move on to uh, to Jim. Hey, Jim. Good evening. Good evening to you guys. Um, I don't know if you can help me at all, but I got hurt at work. I'm I'm self-employed. I've been self-employed for over 40 years, but I got hurt at work, and I took about 40 stitches to my hand, and my hand's been numb for about a year and a half, and I was on WSIB. They said, I'm too old. Carry on. So they said, I, they kicked me off, and they said, I'm, I'm 73. They said, that's too bad. You're, you're too old to get covered anymore. Is that right? I mean, can it kick off for age? Yeah, ultimately they can. If you're okay. at, a, at a certain age, yes, they would be able to, to, to do that. And because you know there's no other disability plan that would be available to you, so your only option is to get uh, CPP disability benefits. Okay. Uh, if, if you can apply for those, absolutely. But in terms of WSAB, yeah, that, that is something that, that they, they would absolutely do at that age. Oh, okay. I did. I thought maybe they were trying to get me to sign off. I mean, they stopped paying me, but I, I thought it was sort of discriminatory to, uh, to say, oh, you're too old to collect a pension. So the thing, the thing is, if you can show legitimately that you could work otherwise and you would have worked otherwise, there may still be an argument there. So I, there's a consultant that I, I work with closely that deals exclusively with WSIB issues. Before you sign anything, let, let, let's run it by her and let's see if there's an angle there, okay? So I want you to reach out to me. I'll connect you with her and, and let's see if there's something there. I mean, it, it, if you can show that, hey, yes, I'm still well, otherwise I would have worked, I would have continued working, then there may still be an angle there. 
before you sign anything, let's connect. I'll connect you with her, and then uh, let's see. I mean, I, I'd rather have our eyes crossed, our eyes dotted and T's crossed before you sign off on anything. Jim, appreciate your time. Here is that uh, that number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred two to reach out to Lior. Moving on to uh, to Matt. Hi, Matt. How are you? Hey, not bad. How are you? Good, brother. What's uh, what's on your mind? What's happening? Um, I just had a question that's similar to a previous caller about mm-hmm. the whole notion of inheriting uh, uh, the your years of service. Go ahead. Okay, um, so I work at the uh, kind of the corporate headquarters of a, of a big company in Toronto. Um, now, I haven't always been a salaried employee of that company. There's several um, other organizations within the company um, that are, operate as like contract, uh, almost like staffing agencies from within. Um, now, it's it's been about 15 years um, where I'm I'm now a full-time salaried employee. Um, for the, the, the main company. Um, however, it kind of, it took some time for me to, um, to kind of uh, earn, earn that level of, of position. Um, if down the road something were to happen and, and there was some downsizing, um, you know, which I'm hoping doesn't happen, would my severance be based on um, the, the time I've spent as a salaried employee of the company, or would they also have to include the many years that I spent working for contract staffing companies within the organization? So, Matt, when you were working for the other companies and you stopped working for them, was it more like a, like a transfer? Was there an official termination? How, how, did, the, how did that happen? Um, it, like it's it's almost considered a, a, a promotion, but I would have had to resign from one company to work for like the the better company. Okay, but but it's it's all it's a one family of companies essentially. You know, I I still have the same phone number and email address, yeah, all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, that that's that's all I need to know. Then one hundred percent, absolutely, Matt. They would have to account for your full years. A, a company can't structure its business in a way that eliminates someone's entitlement. So no, I've seen this happen. They they can structure it whichever way they want, but it doesn't change the fact that you've you've been an employee. You've been with them. Uh, for what are you said, 15 years. So that means that if and when there is a change, if and when they do uh, part ways with you, they'll have to account for that full 15 years. Now, they absolutely have to. It doesn't necessarily mean that they will at first instance. They may try to say, oh gosh, no, no, you've only been with us for three years, whatever it is, so we're only going to pay you for, for three years. Nonsense. If they do that, absolutely not. Absolutely illegal. You have to call me. No, you should be treated for the uh, or should be compensated based on your full years with that company. That's awesome. So move on, Matt. Uh, we know how to uh, get a hold of Lioro now, don't we? One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Keep that number uh, close by. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the way. Help at employmenthour dot com is the uh, the email address. We were just before the. Uh, the ring of phone calls there, the whole string of phone calls talking about uh, family status and accommodation. Um, does an employee have an obligation to first figure things out on their own? Because some yeah, people that, will, right? Yeah, you, they, they will, and they actually have to. Okay. Uh, it is not appropriate to say, well, I need to do something, so let me immediately ask my employer. So let's uh, let's use the common example. There's child care obligations. You have yep. to leave at a certain time every day to go pick up your child at daycare. That's absolutely fine, but you have to at least explore other options. 
Is there a, a way you can have the child stay a bit later at daycare? Is there someone else that can help you? Again, you don't have to hire someone necessarily to, to go pick up the child, but is there a reasonable accommodation that you can find for yourself, arrangement that you can make for yourself? If the answer is no, I'm, I'm the person that's on me to do this, that's when you're, it's appropriate to go to the employer. That's when the obligation of the employer is triggered. So yes, whenever there's a family status accommodation, or really any accommodation that's required, the employee should be an active participant in that. They should see, can I fix this issue on my own? What are my options? And if the only feasible option is to have the accommodation from the employer, the employer has a strict duty to do that. They can't say, we don't want to. They can't even say mm -hmm. it's, it's tough. Even if it is tough, they still have to do it. Now, of course, John, at some point it gets to be too tough. It could be too complicated for the company to accommodate, but that point is very difficult to get to. The employer has to accommodate, even if it is somewhat difficult, even if it is something that's not easy to do. Right. Uh, and many employers I've seen over the years uh, don't accommodate because they say it's too tough when really it isn't. If you're ever in that situation, that is a human rights violation. You have to reach out to me as soon as possible. So let's say it's got to the point where the employer is now involved, they have to accommodate. Is there a time limit on it? How long do they have to keep this up for? There really isn't a time limit. It's not one of those things where they can say, well, you know, we've been doing this for three months. What else do you want from us? No, it <laughs> doesn't work that way. As long as it's possible, they have to. So as long as it's possible and as long as that need is still there, then the accommodation has to continue. We call this accommodation to the point of undue hardship. In other words, even if it's difficult, you have to accommodate as long as it's not undue hardship, as long as it's not mm -hmm. too, too difficult. So. You, you, you can be accommodated potentially permanently. And oftentimes we see that not only just with family status, we see that with medical conditions. I have a medical limitation, a physical limitation. It's not getting better. So I'm going to need accommodation moving forward from my employer. The employer has to provide that accommodation. Again, if they don't, that's a human rights violation. That can also be potentially a constructive dismissal. In other words, John, it's illegal. I want to slide over to the email here as we get down to our last uh, last couple minutes. Barry writes in again, help at employmenthour.com. Says, my colleagues and I just found out that the company we work for will be shutting down at the end of the month. The owner of the company told us that because there are only five employees, count them five, uh, we don't get any severance. Is that right? You know, and, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to blame this employer for thinking that or saying that because what I bet this employer did, one of two things. You either called the Ministry of Labor or you went online on Google and found the Ministry of Labor website. And he would have seen, oh, wait a second, a small company, we don't have to pay severance. And he would have thought, well, we're five employees, it's a small company, we don't have to pay severance. Nonsense, okay? Nonsense. Absolutely not. And our regular listeners know this. They know that when it comes to a person's full entitlements, full termination entitlements, the size of the company does not matter. One employee or a thousand employees doesn't change the fact that the company must pay severance. Now, your minimum entitlements may depend on the size of, on the, size of the company, but ultimately that is irrelevant. Your full entitlements have nothing to do with that. So no, this employer, even if he or she is being honest and, and believes truly that that's their mm -hmm. obligations, that is wrong. So I want, uh, I think it's Barry, uh, I want him to reach out to me. I want him to call me or, or, or send me his phone number so I can help him and his colleagues get the severance. And for you listening, remember, you may work for a tiny little organization. Maybe it's just you and the boss. If you're ever let go, not only do you get severance, you get the same severance as anyone else working for a big company will get. The main factors, as we know, age, 
position, and length of employment. And of course, you can always go to severancepaycalculator.com to find out exactly how much you're owed. Got a minute. I'm going to slide Fred in there. It says, I was suspended without pay, and the company won't tell me when I can go back to work. What do I do? Well, suspension without pay generally is illegal. A company does not have a right to suspend you without pay. They do have a right to suspend you with pay. So if you've been suspended right. without pay, you may have the option to treat that as a constructive dismissal. It doesn't make sense to do that if you've been suspended for a day or two. But if it's been a longer suspension, if you've now been off for a while, yeah, you, you don't have to just sit at home, not get paid, hope and pray that some point, at, at some point someone will tell you something. You may want to force the issue. You, wanna, you may want to say, that's it, I'm treating this as a constructive dismissal, I'm leaving with my severance. Uh, that's very different than in a unionized environment where an employer can terminate or can suspend without pay. In a non-union environment, John, a suspension without pay in most cases is illegal. Wrapping it for another Wednesday. Nicely done. Back here on the weekend shows. Do Monday night as well at this time. And Employment Hour and 30 on Global TV and CTV as well. Want to reach out? Simple. Help at employmenthour.com and 1-855-821-5900. And always, always, always check severancepaycalculator.com. Stick around. Alex Pearson coming right back with On Point on Global News Radio.